0: Timing is a member of the Comics Podcast Network! Network.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey there everybody, my name is Ian Levenstein and welcome to the Comic Timing Extra Point Episode 8. And instead of just me and my mouth flapping this week, we've got uh, a special guest joining us on the Extra Point this time around, Mr. Len Peralta, fellow hey. podcaster and artist supreme. Len- uh. <laughs>
0: Right. How's it going? I am an artist supreme. I am also burrito supreme.
1: So. Mm, burrito. <laughs>
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Been a busy couple of weeks for you, huh? It's yeah. It's actually been a very busy, uh, busy couple of weeks. Busy, busy year so far, which uh, which is good. I'm, I'd rather have it like this than the opposite. So I can't <laughs> complain. So, uh, I guess I guess I'll start uh, nice and
1: broad, and, and we'll get a little uh, a little more uh, focused after that. What got you into the world of geekdom to start with? Oh, you mean just in general? In general, yeah. What 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 got that uh, what got that, that that geek flag flowing back in the day?
0: You know, I don't even think it was anything that was I was even thinking about. I think I was just not I was not a popular child. <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> I had not yeah, I had a lot of strange friends and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a lot of you know, like Star Wars, I liked action figures yep. and trading cards and things like that. So I think by default I just was kinda I was kinda living my life and doing that stuff and I just it just happened to be part of my DNA, mm-hmm. you know. I mean that's that's essentially what it is. I mean I I wasn't I wasn't playing sports, I wasn't involved in any sort of, you know, like Boy Scouts or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was just Sort of me drawing, watching cartoons, <laughs> collecting stuff. You know what I mean? Like it was oh, yeah. the normal stuff. Yeah,
1: know? yeah. No, I have. Uh, I'm, I was a Thundercats and GI Joe kid myself uh, growing yeah. up, and uh, and and for that matter, I was in Cub Scouts, but then said screw it, the Boy Scouts. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do any of that. that stuff. My my you know my my parents were a little bit older, mm-hmm. uh, and so that by the time I came around, they were just sort of like done they were tired they didn't want to drive me around anywhere they didn't involve me in anything they just sort of wanted to lay on the couch and, and uh no i shouldn't say that about my parents they nah, were actually nah, very nah. very good people but um well <laughs> oh, good uh, yeah but i but i'm not, but you know what i mean but it was one of those things where it wasn't like they weren't i i'm i'm the, the youngest of five mm-hmm. so it was there, there were a lot of people before me who kind of did other things gotcha and, you know was yeah. just kind of tired so so by default i just sort of had to entertain myself and and uh, find things that interested me, and you know the, that happened to be uh, Star Wars and comic books and cartoons and stuff. So, and, that,
1: and that's and that's where the floodgates opened, essentially.
0: Yeah, you know, pretty much. I mean, I I really I've always been a geek about certain things, and and uh, but I it, it wasn't up until recently where you sort of people sort of started embracing that, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it was um, it's it's now cool to be called a geek and there's whole you know everything is geek this and geek that successful movies help well yeah that too it also helps yeah people who are who are making decision makers or kind of you know have this you know this are part of the tribe if you will right so it's um yeah so i think that's that's definitely what it what it all comes down to and uh, and so yeah i think it's just uh, you know i didn't really set out to become a geek it just sort of Um, happened. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just who you are. Yeah,
1: you know? no, I, I feel pretty similar myself. I mean, I, pretty pretty much like other other than than the comics. When I was in junior high, I think what really set it off for me was sitting in front of the uh, the TV, turning on Fox and getting immediately addicted to Sliders, and that was my <laughs> that was my front door right there. That's like, funny. I know. Yeah. It's like before I knew it, I was like basically just uh, just clamoring for anything in that sci-fi realm I could get my hands on. After that,
0: right. So, uh, were you drawing from a young age, also? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my my mom used to joke that we never had any any uh, uh, yellow pages or phone books in the, in the house <laughs> because you know I would go and I would draw on every single page of of the phone book, and so you know it was sort of frustrating for her. But she also realized that there, you know there was a kind of a creative outlet and a creative itch that had to be scratched, and sure. so. So I, you know, so yeah, it was always it was always about drawing stuff, and it was always about, it's just you know I just there were so many things that were interesting to me, and back then you know I was I don't know how old you are, but girl I grew up in in like the seventies, you know the seventies and eighties, right, and, and there wasn't this this flood of information like we have today. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Today I, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, and oh everybody knows it and sees it and everything else. And, you know, back then it was there wasn't any of that stuff. You really had to yeah. dig hard for everything, you know, so.
1: You, you, had, you had to wind up with a bootleg of the Fantastic Four movie, if anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid, man! <laughs> don't, don't even admit to that. Please, right?
1: <laughs> I I I just turned a big three zero a couple weeks ago, so that's that's oh. uh, that's where that draw lies for me. But you know, growing growing up in the eighties uh, as well, that was one of the things that I remember on the playground. I used to pretend I had more turtles toys than I did to try and fit in, <laughs> and. These days, if I had half of the Turtles toys that I said I did and they were still in the original, you know, backings or whatever, I'd be selling that stuff on eBay left and right and making money left and right. But
0: if only, if only we thought, you know, (laughs) we wouldn't want to, we would buy the thing and not want to play with it, you know, exactly. We'd be, you know, we we would be rolling in dough, man. You know, <laughs> that's the way it works. That's <laughs> what the, the hell works. are we thinking, playing with these things?
1: <laughs> which is which just reminds me of uh, I think it was uh, what is it? Uh, comic book, the movie, if memory serves, uh, Mark Hamill's movie, where I, I remember a line in that where they're at Comic Con and, and his friend turns to uh, the kid and the kid is, is holding onto a toy and, and the mother is like, well, what, why don't you take it out? And 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 the kid is like, no, why? It's a collectible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I um there's a part of me too with my kids when they rip open like an action figure or something, like, Wait, that's like, you know, mint on card, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> please don't, please don't do that. <laughs> so, so, what
1: gave you the uh, the podcasting bug uh, ba- back in the day? I mean, uh, you, you've oh. had Jaw- jawbone for quite some time now. I know.
0: Yeah, it's. I was just thinking. I was talking to uh, my friend Brian Ibbot from Coverville mm-hmm. about this. Is that you know he's been he's been podcasting longer than I have, but oh, yeah. we both been podcasting roughly around the same time. He had about a six or seven month head start on me. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be ten years uh, coming up uh, next year, which just sort of blows my mind. <laughs> um, well, you know. I've always been an audiophile. I've mm-hmm. always been someone that's always recorded and fascinated by radio. Right. And um, I, I remember gr- growing up, and this is sort of kind of playing in the whole nerd geek thing, is that I, I would have my little Panasonic tape recorder, and I would record myself reading comics <laughs> with the Star Wars music in the background. Nice. And it would be this, I would be reading a Star Wars comic, like the like the graphic novelization of it mm-hmm. and have the music going on in the background and try to match it up so i was like so it was like an audio drama right yeah. so i was always i was always really really into radio i would i would always have tapes and and i would record fake commercials and fake radio shows and things like that so once again you know this this kind of thing was always in my dna so yeah. when i got to college i did college radio i did djing and stuff like that Same here. Yep. High, high school did did the morning announcements and i really made like a show out of it you know yeah. so it was like with sound effects and things like that so it was sort of this this um you know this thing that sort of has stayed with me as far as podcasting goes and and uh, so when i had the opportunity uh, it was just funny i, I um, we had a Uh, A reunion of sorts for my college radio station. And Mm -hmm. it was like a couple months before that, I had just read uh, in one of my uh, uh, Apple magazines about this thing called podcasting that you could create your own show and and put it on the net and so I got together with a couple of my friends at this reunion and said, we ought to do a show, we ought to do a show and everybody was like, yeah, let's do a show and then we, you know, people sort of forgot about it except for me (laughs) who went out and bought, you know, some software some recording software, some microphones and things like that and I Forced my wife up into the attic and said, "Hey, record a show with me," and that's what we did. We we were just recorded like a really quick show, put it out on the net, <laughs> and it was like, I mean, it was there was such a drought of that sort of things, and people were so hungry for for podcasts that. Yeah anything you did was going to get attention and that's exactly what happened to us right we ended up on the front page of the cleveland plane dealer like not three weeks later after starting this stupid podcast (laughs) in our attic that we wouldn't even think that like 10 people would see now we're like syndicated in front of like thousands of people all over the country and it was like well i guess we're kind of doing this thing you know (laughs) we're we're sort of part of this 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 revolution, I guess you will. The podcasting thing just always has been a part of everything that I've done. Right. You know, I, I it seemed to me like. Eventually, I'd have some sort of recording equipment in my house that I'd be able to record audio and stuff like that. It, and, and create. And it's amazing things. how it's evolved as well. Like, oh yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, when I when I started at my college radio station, I went to Brooklyn College here, and uh, the equipment that I was using then, like that's how I initially started with with my shows, like my, that all seven people listened to. I'm sure <laughs> back in the day, and, and you know they sounded great and everything, but. Now I'm sitting here with a freaking microphone and a portable recorder to record. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound that much different, all, no, all things no. considered, you know?
0: <laughs> I was just editing up some, uh, a short little audio bit for another podcast just yesterday. I recorded mm-hmm. my, uh, my niece and put some music behind her mm-hmm. for a little segment she's doing and it was so funny because she's like wow that's really really cool she's watching me edit it up and stuff and i'm like yeah i used to do this with tape you know <laughs> we'd have like an editing block and a and you know i mean that shows that dates me man right wow. we didn't even have digital editors we just we put the t- tape on the yep. on the block and cut it with a razor and put white <laughs> tape down, and then there'd be like you'd watch a reel-to-reel with all these little white tape going past. So, yeah, yeah digital editing. So it's like what I was doing for her was like, this is like so freaking easy. Please. Like, it's like I, you know, you should see the way I used to do it in college. Man, you don't know how easy you have it. I know. This is crazy. You just do this right in your computer. It's
1: nuts. Please. Anyway. I, I I used uh, analog uh, video Editing software – hardware, actually, uh, when, I, and when I was in uh, high school. I went to Edward R. Morrow high School here in, uh, in Brooklyn, and uh, we put together a public access TV show. And oh. I remember the rudimentary equipment that we had, and then compare that to like four years later, five years later when I'm in college, and we're using Final Cut. I know. is that crazy? It's like, <laughs> it's like, what the hell was I doing before this? Like This, this, is, this is sit back and relax in comparison.
0: I know. It's just it's insane. I mean, it really has leveled the playing field as far as creativity goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you know, well it was very interesting cuz you know, especially with video, you mentioned video and stuff like that, and I was just I saw this this new video uh just yesterday from this band called Pamplemousse. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. I've um, seen a video but I've heard of them, yeah. Yeah, this new video they just did this incredible visual video just using a single camera. A foam core and a projector. Oh wow! And it was just so fascinating to watch them put together this video. And they had like you know they had made little sets out of out of uh, foam core mm-hmm. and, and 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 stuff like that. Wow! Just really really simple things. And I'm like wow, visually that's so amazing. And it really it's like one of those things where you think wow, you know usually people would think that to get a really incredible look you need to spend billions and billions of dollars. And they probably put that together for a couple hundred, <laughs> you know, if yeah. that, I mean, I'd be surprised if it were that. Well, so. think,
1: think of okay, go, I mean, and the, and the way oh, that, yeah. they, that they took full advantage of that, uh, at the, I guess really at the helm of, uh, of YouTube at the beginning stages. And now they were as big as they are mostly because of those silly videos they put together with freaking, uh, you know, yeah. like going to the treadmills. gym and treadmills. Right.
0: Yeah. Treadmills. And, and I just love seeing their videos because they're so inventive and, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen the one where they're driving the car through. Oh yeah, all the uh, uh, the different bells and things like that <laughs> make the sounds. It's pretty amazing, pretty uh, pretty fantastic stuff. I got lucky
1: enough to see them live here in New York when they premiered the uh, the 3D version of the video with the dogs. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. They they actually gave everybody in the crowd uh,
0: old school 3D glasses. And, oh, that's cool. And, <laughs> and then, I uh, never saw the 3D version of it. I oh. was wondering that one was like. Well, what's the what's the hook on this one, you know? But I guess that's the hook that yep. was in three D, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Talking uh, talking digital
1: as well. Uh, I mean, advancing in on the art side as well. I'm sure that uh, that digital has made life a heck of a lot easier for you, especially with something like like Geek Week, which is as in- intensive as that is. How did how did Geek Week evolve, and uh, and how do you utilize the uh, the digital side? Are you entirely digital uh, art wise?
0: I am now. Uh, When I started Geek Week back in 2010, I was still a hybrid, right? Mm -hmm. So I would still draw pen and ink and then I would paint everything online uh, on on the computer. So it was, you know, I I probably could have made that jump really digitally because I was sort of working half digital, half not. Mm -hmm. But I felt like pen and ink, I felt I had a little bit more control over what it was the end result was going to look like and and so for the past two years or year and a half i've been working 100 percent digitally uh, uh on all the on all the things mm-hmm. uh, on all the art the wacom? and um <clears throat> on uh well actually yes the wacom cintiq it's okay. actually uh <clears throat> the higher level one where i'm actually drawing on the, on the monitor oh cool which is something i've wanted to do for a real long time and uh <laughs> it was very, it was frustrating for me um, because I thought, oh well, geez, I, you know, I'm an artist, right? and I can go and I can sit down <laughs> and I can start drawing, and yes. and it was uh, it took me probably about six months or so of really intensive working every single day on multiple projects to make me feel comfortable enough to say I know how to use this tool, and it was really frustrating to me because I was. I was right in the smack dab middle of working on a, a comic book, and I, I did probably one of the most uh, cardinal sins of, of that. I switched gears <gasps> right right in the middle where I was doing a hundred percent. Like, I started off the comic um, doing uh, traditional mm-hmm. pen and ink and yeah. in color, and then I decided about. 30 pages in well i'm gonna do all digital and it was tough i mean i, I looking at the Shocking looking at the, the comic i was i'm like i can i i personally can see where i where i made the transition mm-hmm. and, and i can see sort of like the mistakes i made and things like that and, and uh you know it's certainly a way to learn <laughs> well it was i didn't have any choice right i mean yeah. i was i had to put <laughs> i had to put out these pages <laughs> it was an interesting uh, trial by fire but yeah so now um with 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 Geek week uh, with this new uh year uh that I'm going to start putting out next week mm-hmm. for a full year uh it's all 100% digital and all the paintings all the everything everything is going to be 100% digital which is which is which is which is scary <laughs> I mean not scary in the sense that I don't think I can do it but I you know I'm I'm pushing the boundaries of what I want to do Visually as well, right. so that's always scary. I didn't want I didn't want everything to look exactly the way it was when I did it before. I wanted us to be a lot different, and and I'm I'm kind of jumping out of my comfort zone a little bit, but hopefully the art will be good. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I've I've got about uh, I've got about ten weeks in right now into okay. the project, so I'm 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 you know
1: little by little, I'm a little Build, bit building steps, building blocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, where did the idea evolve was it just a way to uh i guess sort of respect your uh, geek brethren or was it just something that uh, that you just you know sort of evolved over time
0: well the story that i tell is and it is this is the real story i mean i've told it several times <laughs> i should make something up at this point i, I just happen to be working on a lot of different cool projects that were all sort of geeky nerdy related i was mm-hmm. you know i was i was part of uh I was, I was lucky enough to do some of the early art for um, Paul and Storm's Woodstock. Nice. The traveling show they do with Adam Savage and Will Whedon. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I was lucky to do that. I was working on a couple different books. Uh, I was working on a book with um, Chase Beaulieu from Mystery Science Theater and, uh, and uh, Cinematic Titanic. We were working on a book called Silly Rhymes for Belligerent Children. Mm-hmm. And uh so that was that was a lot of fun. I got to show that art off uh at Woodstock when I was performing on stage, you know, drawing on stage and so there were a lot of like different things that I w- was working on and I I just kind of just jealously wanted to do a lot more of it and um I was at lunch uh one day uh, about yeah, almost yeah, I want I want to say it was it was about four years ago, mm-hmm. almost, almost to this to this date. I was out with a friend of mine, and we were just at lunch, and uh, and I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do this stuff. And she said, Well, you know, she was she's the kind of lady that was like, I want to really help you find what you want to do. Right? Like she's like this helpful person. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, You should you should um, you should draw like a geek a week. And I'm like, Well, okay. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? And she's like, I don't know. You just you just you know just draw a geek a week and i'm like okay well, well why why would i do this you know but I'm like, i thought it was intriguing so i uh, actually ended up talking to um, my my writing partner on this who was storm from paul and storm mm-hmm. i kind of kicked the idea past him and then through this conversation he's like oh yeah you should that's a really great idea you should do trading cards and it was like oh that's like a really cool idea i really like it you know yep so what I decided to do that day was like you know I mean this all happened in the span of like maybe 24 hours. I was like I came home, kind of, kicked this idea around with Storm, and then and then he was like well, we should we should do trading cards, and so he's like I can write the back of the trading cards for you, mm-hmm. and I said okay well I'm gonna challenge myself. I'm gonna it originally started off as like a challenge like I'm gonna see if I can do this if I can draw 52 geeks in 52 weeks. Right. This is gonna be my this is gonna be my homage. Uh, to Jonathan Colton, uh, he did a thing a week. He wrote a song a week for fifty-two weeks. Oh yeah! So that was that was sort of like a an homage to him, which is why he's the he's the number one card for season one of Geek Week. Okay. He's, the, he's the very first card I drew. He nice. was the very first interview I did for it. Um, and uh, and so and so yeah. So I started I started just you know I, I started reaching out to some friends of mine that I knew and asked them if they'd want to do it. And, and they're like, yeah, this would be cool. It sounds like a lot of fun. And I had no idea if I was going to be able to. If you know, you always do these these projects, and you never know if they're going to sustain themselves or if they're just going to peter out or whatever. But that's what makes it fun. Well, it is. It is. And and I, as I did more of it, I realized that wow, this this is actually really cool. This is turning out really great. And then uh getting back to the podcasting portion of it, I'm like, man, I should really be inter- i should I should really be recording these interviews mm-hmm. like you know because originally it was just going to be my challenge like the challenge i was I issued was that i had to I had to connect with the person in some in some way, either it was going to be through email or interview them on the phone, and I ended up doing a lot of phone interviews, and I'm like, well, I should probably be recording these." And so uh, that's what I started doing. I started recording them over the phone. So if you listen to some of the early Geek Week interviews, they're just really the audio is terrible because <laughs> it was just I found some I found some app that recorded my iPhone conversation and oh, I, wow. I, I took that and and basically just turned that into a podcast. And so you know now now I, I do them all through Skype and everything, so they sound a little bit better. But yeah. so it was um it's you know a lot of things just seemed to click you know, and as I started working more and more. On the project, I just started reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, would you want to be part of this project?" And they ended, you know, surprisingly, they all said yes. You know, like people that I would never ever think I'd be able to talk to in my life. You know, they all said uh, yes. Stan Lee and and you know uh, Guillermo del Toro and Neil Gaiman and
1: that's freaking dreams come true, right there.
0: Well, it was. I mean, it was one day. There was one day when I was working on it where I ended up talking to Steve Wozniak in the morning, and then I had a a weirdo Yankovic in the afternoon. Oh my god! (laughs) And and then I started getting emails from people, like you know, like the one that always stands out to me is is Thomas Dolby wrote me and was like, "Hey, did you want to talk to me?" Like somehow he had heard that I. (laughs) Somehow, I, I must have said on our, on Jawbone Radio that like I, I would really love to talk to John, Thomas Dolby, and uh-huh. somehow someone reached out to him and he wrote to me directly and asked me if you wanted wow. to be a part of it. So it was like this; it was like a full year of like, oh my gosh, this is really, really incredible, and this this project is turning something much larger than I could ever imagine.
1: That's, that's and, honestly when you when you get a response from Thomas Dolby, that's when like if you were if you were the right person, you would just be like dropping the mic and walking away, like all right, that's it. That's it.
0: Boom. It's over there, but <laughs> it was it was really it was fascinating to me. And not only that, but even some of the rejections were just so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even though people were were saying no to me, I'm like, "My gosh, you even even the fact that you were even willing to to say to say no." Yeah. No was to me like just freaking incredible so it's great and not only that but it's 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 like a it was a fun project and i got to talk to really a lot of really cool people and and uh with this new uh season i just funded on kickstarter i get to do it all over again which is (laughs) just it's just it's just unbelievable it's just fun and and i get to meet so many great people and talk to them and you know and it's 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 a lot of fun so and t- talking about Kickstarter too, I mean, talk about something that has absolutely
1: grown and evolved since its initial inception. I mean I, w- I was funding projects uh, back when it first started, and they were you know they were these small deals that uh, you know you like maybe get like you know five thousand, six thousand or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and since then, getting basically the the biggest of the big to fund their projects, on, uh, on Kickstarter, I mean, getting a Veronica Mars movie funded sure. nearly entirely by Kickstarter. I mean, yeah. seeing Zach Braff go there and uh, the Penny Arcade guys funding an entire yeah. year of their of their website, essentially, through Kickstarter. And sure. it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing just how much that site has grown and evolved since its initial inception.
0: Well, I think it's more than just Kickstarter. I think it's just crowdsource funding in general, Definitely. I think, yeah. has has really kind of risen to a point where people don't, Need to go to banks get take out these enormous loans. They can actually pre you know I, I mean I use I use Kickstarter as a as a pre order model. Is like you know I want to know how many of these I'm going to be able to sell and mm-hmm. and and how many people want them uh, so that I can print them out and put the stuff out in the world. Seems to be a much better thing than approaching a, a, a company that is going to pick and choose sure. who they want to you know to fill a skew and I mean everything should have an audience and if it deserves to have an audience then it should be out there right mm-hmm. and so oh, yeah. I think that allows that allows these things to happen other sites like patreon which is becoming more and more popular is a great way just to just to support people who are doing something that they love and putting in, you know putting content out to the world I think it's a great opportunity for people to support the things that they love and do i will there be a bubble that bursts possibly um you know patreon i think is one of those that is really one of those things that i think early adopters are going to really benefit more than right. people who get on late yeah. um because in a lot of different ways uh so a lot of the people who are getting on patreon have you know overlapping uh, audiences yes um yeah. and so and so it's going to be hard because you want to support everybody
1: but yeah. you know and, and 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 Patreon is essentially like almost like the next generation of tipping,
0: yes, <laughs> and it's interesting, and I've been watching it uh for sure yeah um uh, they they have actually reached out to me and 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 wanted to see how we could work together, and I've been trying to figure out a way to work it out, but mm-hmm. I haven't really figured that I haven't really cracked that nut yet, so um and I'm still watching to see how you know, what happens with it. It gets so brand new. But it wasn't until Molly Lewis got on there and sort of explained it to me (laughs) (laughs) that I kind of understood what Patreon was. Because I... It was sort of confusing to me as to, well, what? What are you doing exactly? You're, <laughs> I get paid to put out something that I'm going to do anyway. Right. How does that work? You know How like how does this model work? PayPal you know? button the next generation. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of people who are having much success with it, and that's yeah. great. I think it's awesome to watch that, but we'll see how it goes after about a year. Because it's not unlike a Kickstarter. It's just... Yeah, you know, you're just you're con- it's a constant thing as opposed to just a one-time thing. But... You're, you're right about crowdfunding,
1: though. I mean, I, I I've been uh, I've, I've funded albums on a site called Pledge Music, mm-hmm. which, which is uh, essentially Kickstarter for for I guess for bands. Now, yeah. even though Kickstarter can be used for bands, and and it's great there, where bands that uh, not necessarily you know they might not have the largest uh, audience in the world, but they have just big enough to go in and and get together a new album. Like one of my favorite bands when I was uh, when I was a kid, uh, Ozma, uh, just put out a fifth album entirely through Pledge Music, which was pretty That's awesome. Um, and I mean, you've got Indiegogo, you've got Kickstarter, you've got Patreon, all these different models out there, and I, I think they are all developing their own audience and their own niche where i feel like they can all sort of play together in the same space and get along yeah
0: well i think it's i think it's just the next generation of i mean people avoiding banks is what it is Mm. you know what i mean that's that's (laughs) that's what it is you know what i mean yeah it's just a sign of the times you know people are going people do have money to spend but how they're discerned about you know if they're discerning about it you know they'll 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 fund the things that want to live it's sort of like the cream sort of rises to the top a little bit because i'm certain that for every successful kickstarter there's another one that just didn't make it because either there wasn't enough social presence or or it wasn't thought out correctly or it just you know whatever sometimes um, it could just be that they're not good <laughs> well yeah yeah,
1: that's it. I've seen a lot of those. Your, your um, Kickstarter sucks on Tumblr. It's is, 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 is one of my favorite blogs to follow.
0: It's sort of fun to read those because the thought pattern behind a bad Kickstarter is even more interesting than a good Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Be, because people just think, oh, I'm going to open it up and then the money's going to start rolling in and mm-hmm. they don't realize. Or maybe they do realize, but they're not savvy enough to to think about it this way is that it's a hell of a lot of work. Oh, I mean please. it's constant, constant drumbeat and yeah. you're going to hate yourself by the end of it. But I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's 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 fascinating to me. I mean I've I've done this, you know, this last one I just did this is my biggest and also it's the sixth one. I'm 6 for 6 on, you know, my personal kickstarters. <laughs> so, yeah, and um and I learn something new every single time. You think I'd be like <laughs> used to it, you know, like Oh, and this is what you gotta do and this is what you gotta do and yeah. you're like an expert and you're not an expert. It's just you cannot guarantee success. Yeah. Um You can't be you
1: underpants know? gnome about it either. Like, I mean you you can't go into it and be like, okay, you know, step one, steal underpants. Step two, step three, profit. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there is a there is a there is a science to it and there's good you gotta have good business sense too and, yeah. and things like that and and uh, you know, what the market compare and everything else. I mean, there's all kinds of questions to ask. And so I, uh, you know, I've learned a lot and I continue to learn uh, about crowdsource funding. And it fascinates me. It fascinates me to see this stuff go. And, so. and
1: with this last one, I mean, you were lucky enough to have cards against humanity uh, come in there and help you out uh, <laughs> yeah. at one point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I owe, I owe a lot to Max Temkin and the cards against humanity group. Yes. They, um, he, he was, uh, he was very kind and, and donated a, a pledge level in there that really helped uh, helped the project out a lot and really uh, got a lot of new eyes on it. So um, so I'm I'm excited. I'm you know I've got this new year of of Geek Week. I'm I've been working pretty hard for the past two months on on getting everything ready. I'm going to start releasing the cards next week mm-hmm. uh, and the podcasts next week. And so it's a year of content and it's just it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, I'm ex- <laughs> I'm 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 just I'm just so happy about it because. You know, the first time I did it, I I just sort of did it. Right. Uh, and and this time around, you know, and I've done other I've done other seasons of Geek a Week, but this is you know the the one that's like you know just kind of matches what I did the first year, which was just a year of insanity. And and as um,
1: as a backer, I'm I'm happy to see that this one's going to be a full fledged uh, card game.
0: Yeah, that is so that happens so quickly, <laughs> and I mean we have we from the very beginning, like when we had that like when i told you about the the talk i had with storm i yeah. mean i i remember in those first 24 hours we talked about turning it into a game mm-hmm. and we said we go this has got to be a game and storm and i just we we were not we're not the people to do that <laughs> we would create something but it wouldn't work and there's play testing and stuff like that yeah. and so and so um ironically uh, when we started talking about that, one of the people we brought up who might be able to help us create this game is a gentleman by the name of Mike Selinker, mm-hmm. who is now actually developing the game for uh, for Geek Week and is helping create it. And it's actually it's interesting. Geek Week, the Geek Week game is actually part of a larger game, okay, which is not even out yet called uh, Epic versus Awesome, mm. and uh, and. The way I understand it, and this may change too, so yeah. uh, your miles may vary uh, when the actual game comes out. But th- the mechanics of it are very, very simple. It's a word game. Okay. So you you have um, you have say you have Jonathan Colton mm-hmm. say, and he has he has words associated with him, and you have Will Wheaton, and he has words associated with him. You play them against one another, and whoever comes up with them, like creates a new word out of the words that are on the the card mm-hmm. wins that round. Okay, so it's uh, so it's it's a word game. It's I find, I think that's going to be really hard. To- <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, you got to be really good at like just you know Boggle and stuff like that because cause and I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm terrible at Boggle. Boggle is like my, my worst game. But there are people who can like look at the words and go, oh, I can create this word. To create this word. And, you know, and so so so. That's what, that's kind of what the game's going to be. But what's cool about it is that it's it's when Epic versus Awesome does eventually come out, and mm-hmm. they're working on that. These all these cards will be compatible with that game as well. Very cool. So okay. there's going to be a hundred plus cards that are going to be compatible with Epic versus Awesome. But you can play this right now, like right. Well, not right now, but when the, <laughs> right. when the game when the, when the, when they're finally printed, you can play them. I'm just really super excited about it. I think it's going to be. It just adds a new dimension to this whole this oh, whole yeah. project, which is so cool. <laughs> and um and I'm so happy about it because it doesn't necessarily change the nature of the cards. Mm-hmm. They're still collectible cards. It gives them cards. a new purpose, really. Yeah, and it's this thing, you if you know how to play the game, you can play the game. If mm-hmm. you don't they're just you know you can still just collect the cards yeah. you know what I mean. I'm I'm um,
1: sitting in a room surrounded by HeroClix and I've not once played the game HeroClix so yeah. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what it is, and I lo- that's that's what appealed to me because there was a lot of there are a lot of there was a lot of discussion leading up to it um, about the game. We we talked about it early when when I when I launched the Kickstarter. You know uh, we can we turn this into a game and I'm like yeah. well I can't, I can't even think about that yet until we fund. So after we funded. um, you know, I was able to really kind of freely think about this, and these this opportunity just kind of it just happened so so quickly, and uh, and it worked. It was almost and was what I really liked about it was was that it reminded me of what um, what I liked about Geek Week to begin with, in that a lot of things just sort of clicked and made sense. And uh, as a creative project, it was probably it, it well it is one of the most satisfying projects I've ever worked on just because it was my project and a uh, but B it also was very it was satisfying as a creative project because yeah. everything was working correctly and all the cylinders were sort of on you know we're all firing at the same time <laughs> I'm not saying that hope you know hopefully this will be able to replicate that I think it's going to be definitely a lot different just because I kind of know what to expect and and um, but uh, but I'm I'm really I'm really jazzed about it. I'm really happy and excited about this pro to be working on this project again. It's just so much fun.
1: And and I know you changed your uh, your art style a little bit to reflect the new cards. Uh, I know you're yeah. you're going entirely almost like portrait style with these.
0: Yeah, I'm doing digital painting, which is uh, which is like I said earlier. It's scary. <laughs> I mean, I I, I had done. Um, I felt confident enough because I was I was sort of leaning in that direction anyway with some of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, 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 did a, um, I did a couple of portraits in the fall that I really, I felt were really uh, indicative of the kind of work that I wanted to look like. One of them was uh, was a, a painting of uh, Walter White, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. Nice. And I, I was like, okay, that looks cool. <laughs> you know 'cause I had been trying for about that whole two year period trying to, trying to really kind of come up with something that that worked that Brian Cranston painting seemed to be really good, and then I was involved with an art show for the big bang theory um oh, cool they had asked for a piece of art, and I did this uh, painting of Sheldon as the Green Lantern <laughs> that ultimately was rejected by the the gallery <laughs> not by the gallery but by but by the powers that be mm-hmm. so it was an unreleased painting. But I still love the painting, and I thought, well, geez, I I think I can I think I think I can take this and kind of work with the kind of you know work this art style into uh, what I wanted to do with Geek Week. So, uh, so that's what I'm doing. And once again, it's trial by fire. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm finding that I'm like I'm trying new things, but I'm still sort of I don't want to get lost in. I don't want my style to get lost necessarily into it, and right. which is can be which is, can be very easily done, um, and uh, and so it's been it's been very uh, it's it's been interesting, and I I'm just looking forward to the days where I'm just able to just sit and paint. <laughs> you know, I've been working really really hard
1: for like the past couple of years, past the development stage, and, uh, and then to the all right, let's do this.
0: Well yeah I mean there's so much there's so much work that goes into geek Week like just just move there's so many moving pieces to it where and 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 that was the nice thing that the Kickstarters afforded me is that I'm able to kind of you know hire a team that can help me work on this part of it and and handle that while I kind of work on the on the creative part of it which is Very cool. which is which is great you know it allows me to do that you know yeah. Ironically, a lot of other projects sort of popped up too in the middle of all this stuff. So I'm like, I'm finishing some projects that popped up, but I'm you know what I really want to do is get back to to doing the Geek Week stuff, which yeah. which which will happen. I mean, this this a lot of things will die down. Oh, sure, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and before I I mentioned one of those other projects, uh, something I wanted to point out to you. Uh, I was in uh, Tokyo a couple of months back, and I, I learned while there that their their walking signs essentially. Are Walter White? <laughs> there, there's there's this uh, there's this image of a guy in in, in a, a bowler hat like all over Tokyo. Oh my gosh! To try and to try and show you like which <laughs> side of the street you're supposed to be walking down. And the first time that I saw it, I was, like my eyes bugged out. I'm like, what is what is Walter White doing all over Tokyo?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> what the heck? Was it Heisenberg is is like their uh... Well I I guess. I mean I mean it was it was you know it was essentially just a just a man in a hat. It's just it's just it, every single time I saw it, i like he- Heisenberg tells you to walk on that side of the street.
0: That's so funny.
1: <laughs> so uh let's talk about Ten State a little bit.
0: Well that was that was a project I worked on l- last year. Mm-hmm. In addition to the other comic I was working on, which was uh uh Superpowered Revenge Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Bill Corbett name that was ever. a uh, fully uh, both of them were kickstarter funded which is really funny ironically yeah so so I I, I was working on uh, finishing up uh, Superpowered which is a big uh, a big graphic novel I think it's, it ended up being over 170 pages long oh wow so yeah that was two years of my life just <laughs> working on that but in the meantime yeah Tom Merritt and I uh, had been wanting to work with one another on something other than podcasting for a while right uh, and we uh um i, I you know I had an idea around the election time what was twenty twelve where I, I was thinking man what would what would it, what would it be like if like i mean I, I just saw how like the whole world was well not the whole world but mostly the whole world, but most of the country <laughs> was really divided you know right down the middle it was you know and it was uh it was kind of polarizing it's like well what would happen if we had to work together like if we if we were forced to do that, look, would we be able to do it? And so I had this kind of germ of, of an idea, and I called Tom up, and on, on a weekend we just started chatting about it, and and he he had once again is one of these ideas where he, he just had this idea that like you know that from years ago of sort of like this, this reality show that that you know this structure where people were forced to work together, and we sort of took and ran with that idea and 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 placed 10 state inside of it and it worked which was really really cool (laughs) so you you know so so tom wrote up these these really excellent character bios on each one of these people and all the all the bios are based on like the actual demographics of the country Nice. Um, and so we kind of developed the story uh around what happens with this uh, reality show that that goes terribly wrong, and the people are stuck in this in this situation where the construct was that they were supposed to work together, and it was supposed to be sort of you know funny that these people weren't going to be able to to live with one another right. but then suddenly. No, we really have to live with one another, and we really are forced <laughs> to do this so um we got funded for the first five issues we actually wanted to get funded for ten, uh, so we only took we only told half of the story okay um, and then then the uh, the comic that is actually out right now, which you can get at my online store um, is only a uh, half of the first season gotcha. so we're um you know we we actually are planned out for up to f- about four seasons of, of this uh, this series and we haven't even gotten to like the the really like the nitty-gritty of what the story is and it's like oh my gosh we got to tell the rest of the story because the graphic novel sort of ends on this weird this weird note mm-hmm. uh, and i don't know if you've read it or not yet but there's this this weird just it's like what happens now you know, like, well, you know, where are we where are we going to take this? Major you know? cliffhanger action! It is a major cliffhanger. Heck. But we have we still have to explore a lot of these other characters, and 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 there's some other characters that are still going to be coming up, and some other really interesting <laughs> twists and things. It's it's a it's just a it's a great story, and I'm really I'm really proud. It's an actual comic book that I worked on. It's just really really cool. It's on my it's on my. I was actually looking at it today because I was I uh, I was looking because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Yep. I pulled. I I needed to reference that for something. So i pulled out guardians of the galaxy and i'm like oh there's our comic it's right next to guardians of the galaxy <laughs> and age of ultron and batman year One. Oh, oh my gosh my look it's right here so it's it's pretty cool it is a pretty cool that movie. is awesome <laughs> yeah so so yeah so um we're looking at ways and how to to make this happen again and continue with the process uh, and it's on it, comiXology now too right it is, as a matter of fact, the digital issues. Uh, uh, digital issue number two just showed up on Com- Comicsology today. Nice. So you can get the first two issues, uh, and it looks the way they're the way they're running them. It looks like they're they're going to be re- released maybe maybe once a month, maybe. Okay. So uh, so in the next couple months, you'll be able to get them, and then there's we're also releasing the digital version of the uh, of the actual graphic novel of all collects all of them, collects all the pages, uh, all the all those all the comics but it also has like uh, an interview with Tom and I and some other interesting images and stuff like that, that that aren't there. So yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's it's something that I once again would never have thought that I'd be able to do, but it was uh it that was great. Happened. Yes, it was well it was cool too because Superpowered and Intense Data worked on them simultaneously. So it was two years, solidly two years of me doing nothing but comics. Wow. And I had never done a comic book before. So it was sort of learning everything, you know, and learning just everything i you know i bought all these comics i was reading them and i was like god i want to i really want this to look like this and i really you know what what do i like about this page and what do i like about the way this artist draws and 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 the way they tell a story and how this is cinematic and why it works cinematically and why there was this whole study and so i did it for two years and then when i finished right like near the end of last year Mm -hmm. i finished both books and i'm like i want to do more i like i want to do more comics i <laughs> got the bug i did and i'm like oh what am i going to do i you know i spent 2 years of my life every day drawing comics and i want an, i want another comic book you know yeah. i just i hope i get to work on another one <laughs> cuz it was cuz i felt like i just had got to the point where i'm like i feel i got this right i yeah. feel like then i'm like it's done right so i really hope that 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 opportunity comes back around. I've,
1: I've got enough comic friends uh, in, in the in the business, artist wise, and everything that like they, they almost get that like scalp itch when they're yeah. when, when they're not uh, when they're not drawing sequentials oh. after after drawing them for long enough.
0: Well, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting because for the next year, I'll be doing these paintings, right? Like mm-hmm. these, basically the digital paintings, which yeah. is completely different than oh, what. Please, yeah. What, what comics are and uh, it, you know you really it is it is like having two different type of artists living inside of you <laughs> you know what I mean you have to like because you have to put on this hat to yeah. do this sort of painting and this is more kind of detailed work and then with comics not that it's not detailed but it's certainly a lot more different page wise and oh, layout wise oh, than, yeah. than, than just a regular digital painting is yeah. so it is a different discipline for sure and uh, hopefully I've been able to balance those out a little bit better and, and, and make them work and
1: yeah my friends my friends uh, Adam uh, Withers and Comfort Love do the Rainbow in the Dark series, and, mm. and, and they 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 tell me enough every single time I see them about how much it is difficult to separate the sequentials that they do from the con sketches that they do. Like, <laughs> they, like, they have to have to remember, you know, they can only put so much detail in there if they yeah. want to be able to get twelve of them done in, in the same weekend.
0: Right, right. No, exactly. It's it is like it is a different discipline completely.
1: Yeah. Yep. Completely. The the other thing I w- I wanted to bring up uh real quick when you when you mention Ten State, the first thing that comes to mind is Series 7 the Contenders. Have you have you ever seen that movie? No. Okay. Do yourself a favor. I think it's available on Netflix. It is a all about a reality show based in the somewhat near future. Essentially, a, a TV program selects people at random to kill one another for fame and their freedom.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? It was funny because after um, after we started working on it, the Under the Dome came out. Yes, and it, you know, so so, and then, uh, but there are a lot of other things like we Tom and I pulled some ideas from like the uh, Hunger Games, oh, sure, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, so there's, there's a, there's definitely a lot of that, uh, that's coming into it, Yeah, but it's called the contenders series, seven, the contenders series seven. The yeah. Brooks, okay. Brooks
1: Smith is the, uh, is the lead in that she's been on uh, Ray Donovan and, uh, one or one or SVU. She was on Grey's Anatomy for a few seasons, uh, Played the ex-wife of someone on weeds for a while. She's been all over the place, but okay, uh, yeah, it, it's it's an indie movie that uh, that my my girlfriend owns a copy of that I watched a a, a while back, and it's it's freaking insane. It's absolutely oh, really have perfect. To check it out, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, maybe I'm. It's not it's not showing up on Netflix, okay. but maybe I'll find it somewhere else. Right, so. maybe, maybe 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 Amazon don't have a copy wandering
1: around somewhere, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so you know what? We're getting close to that hour point, and uh, and I know I know you didn't want to run any longer than that. And usually these episodes don't run any longer than an hour. So, uh, well, go ahead and, and let everybody know uh, where they can find you. What else is uh, is out there for you, and uh, so on and so forth.
0: Sure, sure. Well. If anybody wants to follow me on Twitter, you can just follow me at Len Peralta. That's L E N P R A L T A. And if you just do a Google search for me, I have a pretty big digital footprint. If you search Len Peralta, you'll, you'll find all things associated with me. <laughs> you'll see my art, and, and uh, uh, you'll probably find my Facebook page and stuff like that, and my online store, which is LenPeraltaStore.com. And you can see from there you can get geek week cards you can get the comic book um just prints i I, every friday i do a a, a live drawing for tom merritt uh on his uh daily tech news show and those images are up there as well as all kinds of different things you can commission me to do different things and stuff like that and different pieces of art but that's that's kind of where you can find me and uh, if you go to geekweek.net uh uh new content will start to be uh uh, sluicing forward into that world again, uh, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited as
1: well. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see how this all turns out, and uh, I want to try and uh, get. I have I have I'm yet another one of those people who has one of those uh, friends who always always always, no matter what, beats everybody else in whatever game we play. <laughs> and, and I'm sincerely hoping that this might be one of like the two games that he's not absolutely perfect in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. Uh... It's, it will certainly be an interesting thing. The uh, the mechanics are still being figured out, and I think actually it's funny though. I think they'll be figured out at sea during Joko Cruise Crazy, which nice. I'm, I'm I'm not going to be able to be able to go on. But uh, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, by the time they come back, we'll, we'll sit down and start hashing out what the actual game is going to be like. But it should be a pretty simple word game. As as with
1: everything, stay tuned.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Len, thanks Thanks for joining me here. It's been an absolute
0: pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was a great conversation. Love talking to you. All
1: right. Fantastic. As everyone who listens to this show should be aware of by now, but I'll tell you anyway because, damn it, there are sponsors. We're sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service, at DCBService.com. 40% off all major publishers and sometimes 50 or 75% off and uh, 50% off all Marvel and DC trades and hardcovers. And you can head directly to their comiXology storefront to save even further on your monthly order with DCBS discount conference service. We thank them very much for their sponsorship of Comic Timing. And you can find me at comictiming at gmail.com or at facebook.com slash comictiming. And we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. So, once again, for Len, I'm mean, Amy reminding everybody out there that there's always time for comics.
0: Where are you based out of again? Uh, I'm in Cleveland. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, how's how's the weather been over there? Well, it's been cold, but today it actually was a heat wave uh, of forty degrees. Oh, boy! Tomorrow, tomorrow we're expecting rain and fifty. So I can't complain. It's been it's been below twenty for over two months. So yeah, that's that's. that's you just pretty much described life in Brooklyn, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you know exactly what it's like. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. 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 No, we 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 just had the break in the weather today, actually, uh, with a little bit yeah. of rain, and tomorrow it's going to be pretty much the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, that's where we're at. So it's um it's good. It's good. <laughs> happy. Happy. okay right?
1: yeah. get, get get actually uh, be able to get rid of some of that snow and uh, and uh, get rid of some of those snow banks for that matter.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Do you have a DVD queue with Netflix, or do you, are you are you just streaming?
0: Oh, uh, I'm just streaming.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, because I see here series seven is uh, is DVD queue only for Netflix at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, maybe it'll maybe that'll change.
1: Yeah, who knows? Yeah, but, but definitely keep an eye out for that. Like I said, it's one of those uh, sleeper hits that uh, that nobody ever really knows about.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I appreciate the. Uh yeah I, I love finding new stuff that's going to be that's that's cool I love uh, I just you know I never know what to find on on Netflix yeah. so